Welcome to the Music Listening Project podcast series. My name is Mark Whale and in this short podcast I will be listening to the opening chorus of Bach's St Matthew Passion and trying to work out what's so special about it. The work is written in German. It is written by Bach to the glory of the Judeo-Christian God and it was written about 300 years ago. What possible relevance can it have to most people today? The performance you will hear is of John Elliot Gardner conducting the Monteverdi Choir with the English Baroque soloists. Let's listen to the opening of the first chorus. So what you've just heard there is the opening introduction by the orchestra uh, that builds gradually up until the choir then comes in uh, with the words Comte Tuster. And what I want to do is to begin by listening to the bass line. Now, one of the things that Baroque composers did for music or one of the things they introduced into music is this idea of the basso continuo or the continuous bass line so in this work in the oratorio and in all baroque works there is generally a bass line that continues throughout the work it's like the foundation of the work it's it's grounding if you like if you think of the building of the church so you lay down the foundations of the church, that's like the baseline, and then the builders of the church try to build up uh, to reach God, which is why churches and church spires are so high. And in a sense, this is what's happening in this first bit of music. So you have the baseline, uh, which if you listen carefully, is this boom, 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 boom. actually the very first sound that happens isn't it you can hear first of all that those those double basses is what they'll be double basses are playing this boom 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 
the very first sound that comes in. And the bass line continues with this, this repeated single note right down there at the bottom. It doesn't ch change. And it has the same rhythm, this bong. And that's another thing that Baroque composers kind of introduced to music was this idea of meter. That the music is is divided into small sections that we call bars or measures. And each of these measures has a regular beat. And in this case it's one, two, three, four, divided into dun 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 dun. And to kind of like just sort of hammer that home, Bach keeps on this this low uh, E, I guess it is, uh, and doesn't change. And then at some point you'll hear about kind of 15, 20 seconds in, it, the, the bass line gradually moves up. It's like a insistent nagging now you're going to listen to it you're going to hear it going up now and it hits another level Keep. and the other instruments take over that dumb bump bump now it starts again on a different note now. And there's enormous tension built up through the repetition of this this bass note and the uh, reiteration of that rhythm. And it's against that 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 tension comes in a sense from the uh, the dialogue uh, between that that bass note and the other instruments that are kind of reaching upwards towards heaven, bit by bit, kind of interwoven, uh, and you hear that in comparison to the to the clear um, rigidity almost of the bass line, the other voices are very much uh, interpenetrating one another. So let's let's just listen once more to that. So you hear. Starting with uh, what instrument starts? Starts with the bass line. I think it's an oboe. And if you hear, listen, the violins are playing against that. So let's just go back once again. So we start with an oboe, and then the violins are playing against that oboe with a different tune. There's the oboe. And the violin. Another flutes come in. And then the first violins over the top, the high violins. And then gradually, now we get to this release where the bass goes. And then it. 
distills into this uniform rhythm, this kind of dance almost. Now we start again. You've got this rhythm going the whole time against this sort of interwoven mushiness. The music gets louder as well. Now trills. And now we again we kind of like becomes clear as the rhythm comes through here now. In preparation for the entry of the choir. up but it, it, it's never one thing or the other you know you can you find yourself being drawn to listen to the upper parts as they interweave but if you keep in mind that bottom bass line the whole time then there's an incredible tension uh, there and and excitement that sort of resolves itself or, or gives meaning in a sense to that first word then of the choir so compt so come you daughters and help me lament i just want to add one other thing one other analogy if you like so we have the analogy of the baseline as the foundation of the church and the builders building up and the musicians and the upper parts reaching up towards god against the tension of that baseline there is another kind of similar instance of that type of dialogue or that type of tension if you've ever seen a renaissance picture of a depiction say by fra angelico of heaven and hell you have different layers in the painting so you have a the bottom layer is obviously hell and then you have a layer of of earth of people and then you have a layer of the saints and people who have gone to heaven and then you have god and over the top uh, a surrounding God you have angels and Bach kind of gives you this in his music so at around about the 220 mark uh, in this chorus you have a choir of uh, in some performances they actually use children a choir that comes in over the top singing a type of hymn tune a chorale and that has a very steady beat and is almost unrelated to the uh, the intricacies and the complexities that are going on underneath. So let's just listen to that. Da-dee-da-dee-da-dee-da. 
very regular beat, uh, this kind of hymn tune again, and against it you have everything going on. Let's just listen to that once more. Returning to our opening question, how can music written in German in celebration of a Christian Judea God written 300 years ago be relevant to people who live today who are of a different religion who don't speak German? I think an answer is that really to hear these relationships these tensions that are going on in the music really doesn't require any kind of background knowledge in that. And while one's attention is drawn to, say, the angel choir or drawn to the bass line or drawn to what's going on in the middle, and it's interesting to kind of identify these things, what becomes so exciting and so enlivening, in a sense, is when you try to hold or hang on to all of these things at the same time and, and then the music becomes really dramatic and I think really relevant to all listeners uh, of all faiths and all backgrounds. 